the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K-Praise, designed to explore what unity in the body of Christ sounds like within our communities and beyond. Don't just listen to it. Be a part of it. Now, here's your host, Bible teacher, writer, broadcaster, and lover of God, Kaz Taylor. Well, hey there. How are you today? Man, oh man, have we got a jam-packed show for you. It's jam-packed in many ways. Actually, the content is going to be jam-packed because we're going to talk about Hebrew things and we're going to talk about things that are prophetical uh, in nature and they're going to go right to your heart and you're going to want to pay close attention to be what we're saying here, but also it's jam-packed in the studio as well. Let's see, I've got producer Neil in one corner and Anissa Williamson right in front of me, who's going to be my co-host for both hours and her husband, her handsome husband, David, is here with us in the studio. And of course, uh, engineer Joe is working the dials. How about, what are you, what are you doing there? I'm sorry, just teasing around with him because he's a perfectionist in a good way. My listening friend, as I said, there's jam packed in this show. The topic is what uh, God thinks about uh, the year 2022 mm-hmm. and uh, Nietzsche, you're, you're a pro, you're, I would say proficient, but let's just give you the, some grace there and say you, you are practicing in the area of Hebrew and prophetical things. Tell us a little quick thing overview about YOU Nietzsche Williamson. Well, first of all, um, I want to tell you that I've studied the Bible for many years. Yeah. Now. More than a day. <laughs> more than a day. <laughs> um, and I come to find that Jesus was Jewish. And most of the churches I was going to, they, they often focus on the Greek. Yes. Uh, the Greek language and uh, roots of the New Testament. But then as I discovered that the Bible actually has a lot of Hebraic roots to it mm-hmm. and that Jesus was a Jew so that he had a cultural understanding of um you know, he, he was teaching me that he culturally, the Jewish faith was very much part of the roots of our faith as Christian believers. And so this journey has been exciting and it has taken me to new places that I had never even thought I would be at, including going to Israel. Yes, yes. I, ha- I have to laugh because I'm teaching at Cloud Nine a Worship Center tomorrow. You know what the topic is? Jesus is a Jew. Amen. It's the same topic. Yeah. So I'm going to maybe steal some of your stuff. Well, you can borrow them. <laughs> borrow, okay. Is there How about a, that? <laughs> a, fee, a small fee? <laughs> it's all about him anyways. Exactly. And it's the, the word is free, you know? Exactly. I don't believe in charging people for the word of God. Very good. Um, and there's a purity in that. Yes. Like I, I honestly, um, some of these prophetic people that charge hundreds of dollars to go to their whatever conferences. And with me, I just feel like, it's his word, there you go. and it's about him, and it's not about. I can see that people need to make money, but for me, I have a normal job that I do, yes. and then I minister for free. So yes. there you go. You know, you're you're a, the, the co 
co-host on this show, so I'm going to give you a lot of latitude on this. We've got about five minutes left in this segment, Needs. So where would you like to go with this? And then we'll set the stage by doing a, a, a little tease on what's coming on in the next segment. And that's how we work it. So okay, handing it off to you. What do you want to talk about? So I studied um, in the book of Matthew. It talks about it, it talks about the genealogy of Christ, yes. right? Christ Jesus. And it goes all the way back to Adam. And I noticed that in Genesis, it talked about how the woman, the seed, you know, of the mm-hmm. woman, which was Eve at the time. But there was a hidden message in that seed. And that seed was the Lord Jesus Christ. Mm. And so it was hidden for thousands of years. And in that seed, through all the throughout those thousands of years, the Jewish people carried the word of God with uh, such precision, right? So that we, you and I today could have that word yes, and that we would encounter not only Jesus Christ, but the Messiah. Yes, yes, yes. And as you dig into this, you know, that's, you're, 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 you're preaching to this choir. I'm, I'm, I'm listening to that and God has stirred me. You know, I'm not surprised as you look through the Hebrew scripture, you realize that there, it's circular and there's a redundancy on purpose. And yes. uh, the fact that you were stirred to share similar things that I'm going to be sharing tomorrow, this is God's style. That's how he, he creates things. So he gives you uh, practice times and uh, an addition, an awareness of what's would typically happen during a certain time frame so that you're not caught unaware. And uh, so when when you're going to be talking about the Hebrew and the, the year 2022 and things like that, that, that was pre-written thousands of years ago. Amen. So yeah. we've got three or four minutes. How, how would you like to carry it before we take a break here? So do you want to go, let's go prophetic because I, well, I don't know if three minutes is enough. Before I, I want to give that word in fullness. So for right now, I just want to set a foundation of the hidden word. And if you go to John 1, 1 through 3, it says, In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made, and without him nothing um, that was made has ever been made, basically, yes. right? So there is a word. And if you go back to Genesis to it was God spoke the word, yes. which was the Lord Jesus Christ, and through him all of creation, everything that ever existed came into being. That's a huge thought. Like when the first time I encountered that, it was like, wow, this is a huge revelation. And that's why the blood of Jesus can heal, redeem, restore, renew. He can change all of creation through his blood. Yes. And so that blood was there from the very beginning. So that's why it's it has the power that it has. And Absolutely. people when when we pray as Christians and believers and we say the name of Yeshua or Jesus and we plead the blood, God hears that. It, it says in Jeremiah that God hears right his word and he responds to that, yes. right? Yes. He he wants to make that word come forth because it's his word. Yes, yes. And so there's a prophetic we can declare, speak the word of God, and it's alive and real, and it sets in motion as long as we're aligned with him, the Father. Boy, and you know, your reference to being aligned with him is really important. And if you do not uh, embrace Jesus as a Jewish Messiah, then you're going to be missing some of the components or some of the nuances Mm -hmm. of what he's uh, been teaching and he is teaching even today. And so as I look back and I, I get a little frustrated about People that go, I, I don't even spend time in the Old Testament. I'm a New Testament person, period. And I, I, it troubles me a little bit because 
you you're not you're not allowing yourself to understand the Hebrew side, wherein is the true 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 richness, and uh, um, and I think in these last days we're going to have to have a pretty a very good working knowledge of who the character of God is because the enemy is a pretty good faking at faking things and mm-hmm. we might just fall from for, for some of his ploys if we're not familiar with the Jewish Jesus. Amen. So why don't you take a minute or so right now and kind of say just a little bit about where we're going to be going in the next segment. And then this is called the tease, their fellow co-host. So I'm so excited to share a prophetic <laughs> word that I was as I was studying the word, I asked the Lord, what do you want to say about 2022? And so he gave me some very specific things that I'd like to share today. And it's a prophetic word for God's people. So I'm really excited to share that with with y'all today. Yes, yes, yes. So my listening friend, you understand that the Hebrew alphabet uh, is structured in such a way so it it can be a picture, it can be a word, it can be a number. I mean, it, it, it is multifaceted. Yes. And if you understand that as God gives us certain numbers in scripture, those numbers have great, great meaning. I mean, you can go all the way back into the beginning and you can identify what these numbers meant uh, back then. And there's a scripture in uh, Ecclesiastes 1.9 that says, that which was, is, and that which is, is to come because there's nothing new under the sun. Amen. That's God's style. Mm-hmm. So as we begin to see the depth of his numbers, and we're talking about 2022, yes. we're going to go, whoa, you mean that was written uh, from the very beginning? Yes. And it is pertinent to when? Oh, right now. Amen. My listening friend, Nietzsche Williamson, and I are going to talk more about these things and a prophetic word from a Hebrew perspective on 2022 when she and I come right back. This is Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K-Praise. More Come Together San Diego is just moments away. Now, more of Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on K-Praise. Here's Cass Taylor. Well, hello, my friends. Welcome back to Come Together San Diego. Wonderful uh, theme today. In fact, one of my favorite themes in one of my favoriteest people, too, Nietzsche Williamson. Hey, Nietzsche. <laughs> you know, she kind of teased at the beginning of the show in the first segment. She, she, we were talking about uh, how God's alphabet uh, is is burgeoning with with truths. It can be a, a word pick. It can be a storybook. It can be a word picture, a number, uh, or it, it could go any different direction. Uh, all in a, just a small number of uh, uh, alphabetic letters. And there you go. And we were talking a little bit. God gave you something about this year, 2022. And, you know, a lot of people extrapolate 2022 from a, a Greek mentality or from, you know, here's what I think about it. And, you know, I mean, it's kind of c- cool. But going back to the original Hebrew and using that as your springboard is amazing. Handing the baton to you, Nietzsche Williamson. Thanks, Kaz. Well, as you mentioned, there's three ways to look at the, the Hebraic language. It's complex. And there's a alphabetical symbolism, right, like a letter. Mm-hmm. Then there's a the um, every letter has a numerical value. And then the third thing is the Paleo-Hebrew, which is before letters were formed al- alphabetically like they are now, there were actual pictures that symbolized that later, you know, transitioned into the Hebraic letters. So just to lay that foundation, um, 
We're going to obviously 2022 is based on the Gregorian calendar, not the Hebraic calendar. Sure. But we'll still look at those numbers because in the Hebraic calendar, they are in 5782, which it still aligns with that two, right? So we're going to be talking about that number two. And the number two represents the letter Bet, which is the second letter of the Hebraic alphabet. And in Hebrew, Bet signifies a dwelling or a house. And because we're talking about the Lord, right? We're talking about the Bible. Um, God was speaking on the number two. Why does he, why does God want to build a house for intimacy with him, for the family of God, Ooh. right? And so God was highlighting the family this year, very much so. And I felt like God was talking about the family coming together, whether there was the prodigals were coming home, whether people were going to be reconciled with each other, that, you know, family members that had uh, broken up for yeah. whatever reason, that God was going to be bringing the, the family, the families together. And then not only in their, their dwelling or their homes, but also to the house of God. And that would, there was a dual message in that because he also said to me, um, and many will also go home to the house of the Lord. So this wow. is also— Wow, wait a minute. Yes. Uh, I have lost dear, sweet people in my life, I mean, significant ones. And I, you saying that, it, it shivers my timbers a little bit, i got to say. So the home thing is family-related, but it's not only the earthly family, is the heavenly family as well, people Amen. going home to the heavenly family. Yeah. Wow, needs. So, um, and I've had other friends and I lost family members during this whole COVID thing as well, but, um, but they're going, luckily my family, they were believers. So I have confidence that they're with the Lord today, Yes. but you know, the house is so important to the Lord. I mean, that's why he gave the download to Moses and we're going to cover that a little bit later. Um, so the house of God, right. Um, I want it to also uh, speak about the number 22, because that in itself is a very significant number mm-hmm. in the Bible. And when I was looking at that, isolating that number, I he brought me to Isaiah 20, 22, 22, that says, I will place on his shoulder the key to the house of David. What he opens, no one can shut, and what he shuts, no one can open. Where is that again? That is in Isaiah twenty-two, twenty-two. Well, my listening friend, here you go. When you hear about the house of David and things like that, you, a lot of people in the in in the in the Greek, they would they would go exactly to the to the New Testament, and and in the book of Revelation, it talks about uh, if the one who carries the, the key of David to the church of Philadelphia. And so that's where they go. But if they realized the depth of this, this was actually uh, the, it began in the Old Testament and was followed through in the New. Amen. And so Isaiah is one of my favorite yes. prophets of the Lord. And not only, so God now is speaking of keys. First, he's speaking of a house, and mm-hmm. now he's speaking of key. keys, right? <laughs> Love it. And so the Lord's saying, not only did I give you the house, but I'm giving you the keys. Mm. But but then further, I heard the Lord say, my people are going to be keys. So like you will prophesy to some, you will lay hands and heal some, and you're about to unlock things in those people's lives that most believers are going to be functioning at, at a level that's going to be uh, exponential, because look at the two, two, two. You know what I mean? No, like exactly. God speaks 
in numbers to to me now and he's an exponential god he he doesn't have a limit or a limitation yes. so i thought that was really beautiful so let me summarize here what you're saying this is two is dealing with uh households and families well you obviously man and woman you got the two and out of the two is a multiple of an entire family so obviously it's there as well so this is a of this year will be family oriented yes um and people are going to be coming home or going home i mean there's yes. multiple entendres to that mm-hmm. but that's a good thing for a lot of people that have been you know away from uh their families uh god may just be stirring them to come back and that's why it's the good news of the lord right oh my yes we have a good message today and then um, if I can move to the year 2000, now if you look at the 2000 in the Hebrew lexicon, the equivalent is Haman. And if we go to... Wait the, a minute, Haman? Yes, Haman. You know the story of oh, Esther, uh, right? yes, indeed. So Esther was a Hebrew woman, and she was in a kingdom where there was a pagan king. And he, um, well, he lost his wife out of, you know, she... she she just she didn't pleased do what him. He, what he asked her to do. <laughs> and, yes. Yeah. And so here's Esther hidden among the harem of women, right? These all these beautiful women. And the king saw her beauty and picked her to be queen, yes. right? But Haman, he hated the oh Jewish my. people and he wanted them so obliterated. Wait, you're saying this is tied to the number two thousand? It is. Oh, neat. Isn't my that something? Good, well, yeah, but so especially when you look at what's going on in the news and things like that. The evil things are perpetrated against not only God's uh, Hebrew people, but Judeo-Christianity as well. It's happening. It's, this, is, this is it. We're in a time where God's people are being completely challenged in many, many ways yes. right now. But the good news is this. I heard the Lord say that um, this 2000 Haman story, right, it ends in Haman being hung. Yes. And, um, and it, there were 10 gallows set up. And and he and I he just kept saying, see the the government of man is based on ten, so to speak. The law of man is based on ten, but my law is based on the twelve. Okay. The twelve disciples, the twelve tribes of Israel. So he was speaking about that, and he said there will be hangings and no hung jury. So I released that word in the name of the Lord that that during the season of the Haman. Uh, you know, there's going to be hangings and no hung juries. Oh, my. Oh, my, my, my. You know, a lot of us who uh, are familiar with the times, the Bible talks about people that understand the signs of the times. Well, it, you don't have to be a genius to see the signs of the times. But just look at the news and uh, get the threat of what's going on in the world, and you go, I've never seen the whole world like this before. There's a major threat. Yes. And, you know, a lot of us who have an awareness of uh, Mordecai and Esther and Haman and yes. the, the king and all that stuff. We're going, there's common denominators from what that happened then to what's happening now. Yeah. And I used the scripture before, uh, before we were on the air in uh, Ecclesiastes 1, chapter 1, verse 8 or 9. It says, that which was is and that which is shall be because there's nothing new under the sun. So yeah. God's been giving us this warning and forewarning from the very beginning, and here we are in 2022. That's right. And so, wow, that is, isn't that amazing? It is. And then I want to break down a little bit of the 2000. So the Lord said um, this number 2000 for, for the non believers, 
it will be that judgment coming. Oh, but for the believers, it's a thousand plus a thousand. Oh, he said, to the thousand generations, my blessing will come. So it's a double blessing of the thousand and the thousand, which makes two thousand, obviously. So that's what God was saying. And I was so excited to hear that because amongst all this turmoil that we're facing in the world, it's like God's blessing still upon his people. Oh, my. And you, you, we, we know the story in Esther and when her uncle or whatever, a lot of people have different points of view on who that who, who he was specifically. But when he told her, who knows, but you, you know, if you don't do it, somebody else could. That's so, but, but you were born for such a time as this. I mean, we use that all the time in Christianity, but this is the t- time frame where it would be really accurate. So we have about a minute left here. Close this one out and uh, tell us what we're going to see here in the next segment. So I love how God speaks, right? I was frying eggs. Now, this is going to sound random, <laughs> but I was frying eggs the other day and I cracked the first egg and there's two yolks. Really? And then I cracked the second egg, and there's two yolks. Oh, my. <laughs> and I thought, prophetically, God, like, like, if we're paying attention, he's always speaking to us. Oh, my. And then he re- reified the, the same uh, thought process of the double blessing. Oh so my. that's how he shows me how he loves me and how he his word is true because he confirms it and he confirmed it through eggs no less <laughs> i love it hey okay we've got about 30 seconds give us an overview of what we're going to hear in the next segment uh nisa williamson so i think we're going to move to um you want to talk about the dna of god oh let's do in the next segment but the, but one thing my listening friend you need to know you know what the enemy thinks for our evil god uses to good and the things yes. that you're seeing in the world right now don't be anxious about it use that as a springboard to say god is up to something big and guess what you and i are right in the middle of it so nitsa williamson a prophetic gal gal who loves hebrew is going to give a dose of both when we come right back more come together san diego with cast taylor is next on k praise Come together, San Diego, with Kaz Taylor on K-Praise. Welcome back, my friends. A stunning, sterling time together here on Come Together, San Diego. Oh, one of the topics that I just always have loved, the whole idea of uh, Hebrew. I'm uh, becoming a Hebrew student, per se. And uh, also, the depth of the Hebrew word. We're talking about that and how uh, the Hebrew word carries multiple meanings uh, and we've just started delving into it that my co-host and uh, fellow uh, teacher today, uh, Nitsa Williamson, and uh, she loves Hebrew, but she also is a prof- prophetic-hearted lady. And uh, so she's sharing some insights on what these prophetic things from Scripture have to say. I'm going to hand the baton back to you, Nitsa, and uh, carry it wherever you want to. We've got the full two hours to do this. Okay, so I wanted to... Talk about that bet letter again. So alpha. The alpha is the first. The break letter. And then bet. The bet. Is Just the, the second The letter. second letter of the Hebrew language We're talking is about bet. 2022. So all and those two. And it twos. correlates to 20, well, the number two. Yes. But also, if we go to, to Genesis, the very first word written in Hebrew, that, that in the beginning is Bereshit, and it starts with the letter bet, mm. right? And in the Hebrews, sometimes within one letter, you can extract letters within the letter. That's where revelation is. So you are going to find the word berit. And berit means covenant. So not only God 
created the whole earth, right, as the home for man, yes. right? But he also made a covenant. He's a covenant-keeping God. So right from the very beginning. From the very beginning. Like, you just start, and it, uh-huh. revelation will begin to flow out of study. Look at the very last letter in the Bible, in the book of Revelation, and that's an noon. It's an N. Uh-huh. And if you put the letters B and N together, because there's no vowels in the Hebrew, it spells the letter Ben, which means son. And this whole book is about the son, oh my. the son of God. Yes. And what was Jesus called? He was called the son, son of, of God. God. Well, people will often call him son of God, son of man, and son of David. As you read through the scriptures, yes. they were declaring his name, right? But he was always the son. So yes. isn't that beautiful? It is. I love that. And then um, we look at the story or story. I'm sorry. I'm going to correct myself because it's not a story. It's an account. It's a biblical account. And all the history still stands in Israel. And in my journey to Israel, I found that there's all these places that I read about. Bethel and Bethlehem, the house of bread. Another B's, right? B words that connect to that number too and to the Lord, right? Himself. But um I found um, this, the account of Moses most intriguing because Moses got to speak to God, right? Mm-hmm. And he and God led him to a mountain. And and oftentimes when we when we pray and think about Revelation, it's like going in a circular m- movement up a mountain, right? Yes. We're going in that cyclical. That's why the the Hebrews went around and around for 40 years, right? There's something that God was doing in that. And he was not only were they leaving Egypt and leaving the being enslaved, right? They they had to, the mentality of the slavehood had to be left in the desert. Oh, my. So God calls us out of slavery, right? And he calls us slavery to be out of us as well. Yes. So, um, so I love Moses. And so when he went to meet with the Lord in the mountain, right, there's so many amazing things that happen because he initially got to take 70 people with him. Mm-hmm. And it says that they also got to see yes. and partake at the table of the Lord. And then I don't know what happened, right? It all went, it all went from like this inclusivity to all of a sudden the one man thing, which we still are holding on to today. Most churches are built on one pastor, right? When God didn't intend for it to be that way. He wanted his presence to be in all people and experience, have experiential knowledge of God by all people. And that's really what Jesus came back to do, to offer us that, his Holy Spirit in us so that we could experience the wholeness of who God is. Yes, yes, yes. And if you go back to the Hebrew, and, and you know, even Moses had Aaron. I mean, yes. God couples you with other people who are in tandem with you. Even King David, you know, he had the, he had uh, Abiathar and Zadok. He had two priests at the same time, and he had the 12 tribes and the yes. tribal leaders and things like mm-hmm. that. It's not a one-man show for us these days. God has coupled us with other people horizontally yes. so that we can make it through. And, you know, the, the, the children of Israel went through the, the desert. They didn't. It wasn't just one person. Moses was leading them, but they all had to go through. Yes. And <laughs> even Jesus affair. had 12 disciples oh, there you for go. a reason, right? My, my, my. Yes. So I, um, I find that very intriguing. And also... 
talking about the house, going back to that theme, is like Moses was given the blueprints from heaven. Now, listen, before Moses came into the scene, nobody had the blueprints of how God's house was to be built. And so I feel like as I was reading the scriptures, I just wept one day as I'm reading because I felt like he got... He got to experience a place, such an amazing place in heaven, because everything that's in heaven is what God wants on earth, mm. right? And so he got to experience the house of God, the blueprints of God, and had that download. And then he didn't get to build it. Just like David didn't get to build the temple, Moses didn't get to build the tabernacle. He had craftsmen, and he had this um, gentleman called... Bezalel, yeah, Bezalel. right? And so the Lord chose his craftsmen. And I don't know why God was highlighting that so much recently that God is going to bless. This is what it says about the craftsmen, Bezalel, son of Uri, and the son of Ur from the tribe of Judah. They were from the tribe of Judah. And, and, um, and the Lord says, I have filled him with the spirit of God. And with wisdom and with understanding, with knowledge and with all kinds of skills to make artist designs for work in gold, silver, and bronze, to cut and set stones, to work in wood, and to engage in all kinds of crafts. Now, remember, none of this existed. There was no blueprint for it ever before. So I feel like, you know, as we, through the Holy Spirit, now listen, what did he say? The first thing he said, the Spirit of God. He mm-hmm. filled them with the Spirit of God. Yes. And without the Spirit of God, like there's so much the innovation that God wants to bring to the earth through people. There's so much knowledge and wisdom that he wants to bring, but it can only be done through his Spirit. Mm-hmm. And there's other people that are pagans in our time that are Wiccas and this and that, and they really look at, they listen to demonic entities to get their revelation of for innovation but when we go to the creator of heaven and earth, how much greater is that revelation? How much greater will that innovation be when we're plugged into the right alignment with God? And we have to keep in mind, just like you said from the very beginning, Jesus was Jewish. And if we don't incorporate the Jewish mindset and the Jewish uh, customs and traditions and scripture, we're missing big pieces of this and the whole idea about family, which, you know— was in, in God's heart from the very beginning. We need to refocus on family because that's where God wants us to be in these troublesome times. We've got about uh, two minutes. So let me ask you, Kaz, when, when I, if I were to introduce you to my husband, and, and what are the first three things you say? You would say? I, I, introducing myself, I am, I'm, I'm Kaz. That's right. I, or, or, and you're David. So how did God introduce himself to Moses? Ooh, he said, you sneaky. I am. Very well done. Yes, I, I am. am. And so even when we are introducing ourselves, we are putting the Lord, I am, Ooh, the great I am, before ourselves as we even introduce ourselves. Yes. That's a Hebraic way of thinking. Because yes. unless you read Moses, the, the account of Moses, you wouldn't have put that together. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So like God is the great I am. And he is the beginning and the end. And I love the Hebrew when it says he's the Aleph and the Tav. Mm -hmm. And even those letters speak of the Aleph is the leader, God as leader, and the Tav, it 
the paleo um, picture of the Tav, what is it, Kaz? Do you know? It's a cross. It's a mark. Mm, my. So the mark, right? Back in the day, in the olden, ancient Hebrew, it was it looked like a cross, mm-hmm. and that's why people that that were not uh, could not read or write, they would always just put a mark on documents mm-hmm. that looked like an X, but it was really like a cross. I like it. So the Aleph Tav, right? It all speaks of God, the beginning and the end. Yes. We've got about 45 seconds in this segment. Why don't you give a, a brief, you, you know, you've set the stage here, and, and right now a lot of people are swimming going, well, she's talking about <laughs> a lot of stuff. But if you understand where she's going with this, she's talking about family, God's promises, uh, a household, um, and, and then giving us directions on what that household is supposed to look like. In the first few segments, we've been dealing with that. Where are we going to go in the next uh, segments? Neats, we've got about uh, 30 seconds. Well, you're, um, I'd like to talk about the blood of Jesus and okay. d- the DNA of God next. Okay, and, but you, you're going to talk about this from a Hebrew perspective. Yeah, well. Oh, of yeah. course, I like it. <laughs> My listening friend, you heard what's coming up next, so every reason to come right back with Nietzsche Williamson and Kaz. We will be right back. You're listening to Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K-Praise. Don't just listen to it. Be a part of it at 866-577-2473. You're just moments away from more Come Together San Diego on K-Praise. Now, back to Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K-Praise with Kaz Taylor. Welcome back, my friends. We're talking Hebraic things today. We're talking prophetic things today, and uh, actually, when you say Hebraic and you understand it, you realize that it indeed itself is prophetic. Everything that God does uh, was pertinent for the time he spoke it, but it also has great weight and uh, purpose uh, as we revisit it, we reread the scriptures or our lifestyle has a recurring event happen. God did that, uh, allows these things for us to be educated in his character and his ways. Nietzsche Williamson is with me. She's a remarkable student of uh, Hebrew and a prophetic person as well. Now, spend just a moment, Nietzsche, if you would, um, talking about kind of summarizing where we've been, because a lot of people that are uh, new to the Hebrew mindset, they're going, whoa, a lot of stuff help them understand the chain of events here because you're definitely setting the stage going from one place with purpose to another. I'm going to hand it to you. So at first we just talked about in Genesis, Bereshit in the beginning, right? And the B is correlated to the number two, which we're in 2022, right? And God talking about the house of God. Yes. And in Bereshit, you can extract the BRT and that spells Berit. And that means covenant. It's God speaking about his house, his covenant. And we talked about Moses setting up the tabernacle and getting God downloading the blueprints from heaven. So the pattern is who God is, what he's doing, and what it's beginning to look like. It's family related. It's covenant related. And it's uh, a structure uh, in, in which those things are presented. So that's where you've taken us so far. And then we also talked about the the first B and then the N, right? Oh, the beginning, the beginning the letter yes. in Hebrew and the last letter in the Hebrew 
in the Bible, and that spells the name Ben, which is the Son of God. It's Ooh. speaking of the Son of God. Yes. So now, who is the Son of God, Kath? Well, Let's go there. Well, <laughs> it, it depends on whether you're talking about the capital S, Son of God, or the Sons of God. That's uh, people like you and I. Well, I'm speaking of the the, the Son, the, the son, son of the Father in heaven. Father. So, yes. Jesus, Jesus, Jeshua, Jeshua, right? And so... He is often described as a bridegroom, and there's a lot of language in the Bible where it's when they talk about covenant, it it speaks of of a bridal, of of a wedding, of that covenant um, where a man and a woman come together under God, right? And so it describes Jesus as the groom, and he in um, the book of let me look this up you real quick in the book of john 14 3 it says this and i go and prepare a place for you and i will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where i am so in in the hebraic times right the the um traditions were that a bridegroom would go to a family and he would give a dowry for his bride, mm-hmm. like a down payment, yeah. which is what Jesus did for us. So he gave a dowry, and then he goes, he sat down, he broke bread with, the families would break bread with each other, and they were making covenant. Whenever you have wine and bread together, you're breaking covenant. And so then he would go, the bridegroom would go back to his father's house, and he would build a dwelling for the bride. Oh, my. Right? And then once, and so it would take this betrothal uh, period was took a while because it takes a while to build a house, right? Mm-hmm. But can you imagine the excitement? And the bride was preparing herself how to be a wife and how to be a mother. Yes. And so then the the bridegroom would come, and he would come for his bride, and that's what Jesus. This story, this beautiful story of the bridegroom is about Jesus, of, of Yeshua, how he's going to come back for his people and how he paid that ransom pr- price by dying on the cross, shedding his blood as the Lamb of God, the perfect sacrifice, and giving it all so that you and I can say when we accept Christ, we are fully forgiven because he paid the full ransom price for us. Yes. And now we become the bride of Christ. My. Isn't that beautiful? It is. It's a beautiful story. And it means much more when you understand the precepts from a Hebrew perspective. Right. And just covenant. I mean, there's a lot more intricacy about covenant, the bloodshed uh, between a man and a woman, even in the marriage, uh, bridal suite, you know, like Mm -hmm. things that happen that, that are totally intended for two people, a man and a woman, to come together and come and make covenant with one another before God. And before all, you know, their family. So it's it's amazing how he sets everything up so perfect. Yes. Um, I love that. I love I love the Bible. And yes. I love what what he says about you and I. Yes. And you know, I've become a student of uh, of the feasts and festivals and things like that. And there, you know, the scripture says to everything, there's a time and a season for everything, mm-hmm. and there's a time and a season for um, family. There's, there, there's a time and a season for warfare. Yes. There's a time in the season for preparation, and there's a time in the season for wedding. Yeah. And so, as we look at the Hebrew calendar, we yes. realize there's a time frame where this, I would call it the Day of Atonement, or, or the Day of Atonement, where the bride and the bridegroom come together. And uh, 
I have a feeling when these things come to pass, if we step back and we go, oh, that's this Hebraic month right here, this God's mm-hmm. month here that this happened, or the troubles that we've seen, oh, that's falling in this month in this time frame. Right. It's not God's given us the precursors to this all the way through if you understand the Hebrew point of view. And so even in the story of Esther, I'm going to yes. touch on that uh-huh. a little bit because a story of Esther takes um it's during the Adar, month of the Adar, mm-hmm. right? That's when we celebrate Purim. And so isn't it interesting that she was a Hebrew person and she married a pagan? Yes. And even that speaks of Jesus, right? He mm-hmm. was Jewish and most of the bride of Christ is not Hebrew, yeah. you know? Like from a Christian you know, perspective, it's like we weren't born Hebraic. Yes. I may have a little bit in me, but I'm just saying, you know, it still speaks of the bridegroom and the bride yes. coming together. But you also, you know, we know that it's a it's going to be a, a, a different persuasion because it's going to be a Jew and Gentile yes. in, in, in this. It's not just exactly. it's not just we Gentiles. We go, oh, we got it, and the Jews don't. Oh, better revisit that. Yeah, we've exactly. got the, a couple minutes left on this in yeah. this segment. I wanted to tell you that um, I was put in this really interesting situation. I was a juror. Yes. At a trial where it was a murder case, 25 years had gone by, but with the new DNA science, they were able to bring up the case again. And and I was fascinated listening to these experts, right, talk about DNA. And I was just like, wow, this is the blood. And it was all, you know, there was some blood samples that we had to consider as evidence. And I thought about the blood of Jesus. As I said, it was there before at the very, very beginning, right, before the foundations of anything was laid, he, the blood of Jesus was there. And so I looked at, um, I found out that there's four Hebrew letters. There's a sequence in our blood that has the words yod heh vav heh in it. And there are scriptures that say, you know, that we, ha- we bear a mark, we bear his name. Yeah. And it's true. Like the Bible is so exact. So yod heh vav heh is in you. Yes, 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 yes. Man, oh man, oh man. The, the, depth, the depth of Scripture is just amazing. And, I, you know, as we meet with the Lord in, in the days coming, uh, we'll look back and, and he goes, I've been telling you this. Where have you been telling us this? I've, it's, it's, it's repeating, repeating references throughout my Scripture, throughout yes. time. I've been giving it to you so ultimately that there's really no excuse. Yes. Uh, so it's time right now for us to be good students of Scripture and start digging in and understand those cycles that uh, continue in God's Word. We've got about one minute left before we have to take a break. Where would you like to go? I just And also, um, even when you study the Bible, yes. there's a person that took algorithms of le- every 40th letter or every mm-hmm. 20th letter and they pulled out sentences that were that were re- that were basically prophetic words of today's timeline my and that's like how amazing is the bible yes. like that it's so exact and so re- relevant to what's happening today my 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 my, my listening friend we're going to delve more into these kind of things and ha- Oh, I think Nietzsche and my heart cry is to help you understand uh, dimensions of God that you hadn't considered before because it's enriching, but it also it will tell you not only where we are today, 
but how we deal with it. We're going to talk about that and so much more when Nisa Williamson and Kaz come right back. This is Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K-Praise. More Come Together San Diego is just moments away. I'll tell the world. Come Together San Diego with Kaz Taylor on K-Praise. Well, hello, my friends. You know, as I look at the Bible, you know, 39 books in the Old Testament, 27 in the New Testament, and people go, I'm hanging around with the 27 books but you've got 39 books that set the stage for the 27 books. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people, what they do is because they're New Testament people, Nietzsche, they, they, uh, they camp in the New Testament and they only use the Old Testament to support their New Testament point of view. And one of the things that's troubling to me is you're disregarding the fact that Jesus was, is, and will be a Jew mm-hmm. and he is the head of the body. So we have to, you know, it's his mind, his mindset. So if we don't have the Jewish mindset, we're missing so much. And you've been very nice to spend some time with us, Nietzsche Williamson, sharing some Hebrew perspectives on things, dealing with family, dealing with covenant, dealing with marriage. And uh, if we don't look at it from a Hebrew point of view, we're missing so much. Uh, and, And it troubles my heart. Because I, I believe now, if there ever was a time for us to be not uh, eat, uh, just drinking the milk of the word, sincere milk of the word only, we need to eat serious meat as well. And I'm using that as a figurative term because we need to know God's word. And if we disregard the Old Testament, we're disregarding the 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 the. the, the foundation of all scripture. I'm going to hand it to you here because you want to carry this thought about uh, bride, bridegroom, and family even further. My listening friend, listen carefully to what she has to say. She's going to give you some insights, and you're not going to be able to just take what she has only. You're going to need to dig into the word and find out what she says is actually true. Neats. I wanted to talk about an actual wedding, right? So nowadays we see a lot of bride and bridegrooms, they cut a cake and they feed each other a cake and mm-hmm. they uh, in in more traditional ceremonies they will share a cup of wine mm-hmm. right and so that's all speaking of covenant but I don't even think that most people realize that that's that is part of the covenant making process for a wedding in the in the Jewish way right the Hebrew way yes. and that the bread symbolizes Christ. Yes. That you're partaking Christ. And not only are you partaking Christ, but you're offering it to your bridegroom. Come on. Yes. Isn't that sweet? It's remarkable. And then drinking of the wine, it's the vine, right? Which is also represents Jesus because he's the fruit of the vine, mm-hmm. right? It says in the word. So this is all about marriage. And then in, in the Hebraic weddings, they'll have they'll have a hoopah, which is like a it's in, in the olden days, they would take a tallit, right, which is a prayer shawl, and mm-hmm. they would put it with four sticks on each corner, and it would become like a little tent kind yes. of. And the bride and groom would go under the hoopah to make their, their vows, mm-hmm. say their vows to one another, right? Because we're to, like, the whole, even the, the Ten Commandments, it's like whenever we're at, to adhere that, it's like our vow to God. It's like... It's almost like writing that marriage contract to him in the Ten Commandments when it says, you shall have no other gods. Well, imagine him as a bridegroom saying, I don't want you sleeping around with anybody else. 
I want you all to myself because he's a jealous God, right, for you. And so he doesn't want you to have idols in your life because he, there's a purity of you to receive from your bridegroom and your king, which is our Lord. And so even even the Ten Commandments, I used to think of them as the the nine don'ts and the one do. <laughs> Keep the Sabbath this is the do and the rest of like, you shall not, right? You oh, shall my. not, you shall not. But there's a reason why God sets that all up is because he wants our hearts to be aligned with the bridegroom. He wants us uh, heart to heart, right, to mm-hmm. to honor him and then honor our brothers and sisters the way, right? It says that that the husband shall love the wife as, as God loves the church, right? And gave himself for it. And gave himself it. for it, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's the that sacrificial love My. that he speaks of, and it it's all covenantal language from even um, even the Ten Commandments. Yes, it, and and if we look at it, um, you know, from that do and don'ts position, and we don't look at it with a different lens, we're just going to feel like condemned by it yes. when it's really meant to bring you life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, and a lot of people. St- purposely steer clear of the Old Testament because they just don't know how to do it. Uh, they don't understand that, that God's compassion in that, you know, because it's a, lot, a lot of times it talks about the warfare and different people doing different dastardly things and people killing this, this person, killing this person, and all this kind of stuff. And it's sometimes hard for them to differentiate between God's mercy and the things that are going on in Scripture in the Old Testament by the, you know, by the patriarchs or, or, or people of God. It's, it's kind of hard to comprehend, but you have to dig through all of that and you understand the theme from the very beginning mm-hmm. is going back to when God walked with man in the cool of the day and that intimate relationship. He wants to return to that intimate relationship. And we got a bunch of credola in our lives that we yes. got to take care of. And that's kind of like what the patriarchs had to do. There was a bunch of junkola in their life and God had to use different things to cleanse them. 40, 40 years in the wilderness was a yes. cleansing issue. Yes, Come on. it was. And so yes. we have to go through those things because the end of the story is God's son, Jesus, son of God, mm-hmm. gets a bride and they live together a thousand years and then there's a new heaven and a new earth. I mean, it's just a remarkable story. Mm-hmm. And we're so close to entering into the fullness of that right in OW now. Yes. We better understand the character of the Father, the Son through the Holy Spirit. I'm going to hand it back to you. We've got about three or four minutes. I remember thinking about Adam and Eve walking in the garden with the Lord and how they got to speak with him, right? They actually got to converse with the Lord, and they didn't know they were naked. And why is that? And I heard this um, gentleman, this pastor called Isaac Petrie, preach this amazing, amazing teaching. And he said that they were dressed with his glory. Oh, like my, like they kind of were, Moses when he had the he he had yeah. to put the veil over his face because of the brightness of God, yeah. and so they had this brightness, is what you're saying. Yeah, they were they were dressed in His glory My. because how can you be around the glorious God and not not be dressed Ooh. just like Joshua? It talks about that in the Bible that he dresses the Joshua right, and the angels come and dress. I mean, it was just beautiful the language yes. of God. And how he wants us to walk with him in the cool of day and just have conversations. And we can do that. I do that all the time, Kaz. I do it in my car. I do it, you know, uh, 
throughout my day, yes. washing dishes, scrubbing a bathtub or whatever, just talking to God and just um, wanting to hear from him. Yes. And uh, how much time do we have? Well, we've got about three minutes okay. or so in this segment. So I was in my car driving to work. I worked downtown and one day, and I was I was listening to The King is Here. The song is mm-hmm. a beautiful song. And I see the face of Jesus, and he's holding a piece of wheat. And he's, like, moving the piece of wheat, you know, like, east to west, west to east, and smiling at me. And I was just like, I don't know how I got to work that day because I was like literally in this vision. And I was, and I said to the Lord, um, I had given a prophetic word like a week before to this lady. And I saw a a football field of wheat dancing in the sun, in the light of God. And so, but here's Jesus with one piece of wheat. And I was like, Lord, you gave her a whole football field worth of wheat and you're giving me one piece of wheat. And so, and then I repented immediately because in that exponential power, in that number of one, there is amazing power, like I mentioned before. And so what ended up happening is it was my birthday time and I was trying to, um, trying to grow in relationship with the father. And so I asked Papa, can I have a birthday gift from you? And I didn't. And at first I thought, I want to be able to heal somebody instantly every time. And, at, and then my heart said, no, just allow the Father to gift you something. Oh, my. So I didn't put any criteria yeah. on it. And he gave me Israel. And when I was um, in Capernaum, I was there's these three stones, heart-set stones. Do yes. you know that no, place? No, I do. I know, I know the Yeah, place. and there was a tree, and my pastor was preaching that. Isn't uh, there a statue there, too? Yes, yeah, yes. And so it, it's the place where where. Uh, God, I, Jesus asked Peter, "Do you love me?" Do you, do you love, love me? me? Yes. And and it was a hot day, and I stepped back under this tree, and I looked to the ground, and there was one piece of wheat oh my. sitting under that tree, and that was confirmation from yes. God that that was His Israel was His gift to me. Oh, I love it! You know the scripture. It's uh, amazing. <laughs> yes, unless a corn of wheat falls to the ground and abides alone, but if it dies, it brings forth much fruit. There, there it was, right there is the scripture. Even that was single. That single stalk of wheat has within it the DNA or the capability to multiply greatly. Amen. And so, my listening friend, what it means to us is even if you say, I, I don't have all these multiple gifts that this person or this person does, the uh, Bible says to every person is given the measure of faith. So you have what it takes to make a, in, in your analogy, Nita, a football field worth of wheat. Yes, that exponential, <laughs> exponential. one. Well, it's about time for us to go to a commercial break, and we're going to talk about more Hebraic things, but more prophetic things as well when Nisa Williamson and Kaz come right back. You're listening to Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K-Praise. Don't just listen to it. Be a part of it at 866-577-2473. You're just moments away from more Come Together San Diego on K-Praise. Now, more of Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K-Praise. Here's Kaz Taylor. Well, hello, my friends. We're in the second hour of Come Together San Diego with a kind of captivating topic, I would say. I have with me Nitsa Williamson. She's a, uh, a student of Hebrew. Man, oh man, is she a student of Hebrew, but also she is a student of prophecy. And when you combine the written word with the prophetic spoken word, 
you really have something, and that's really God's character. You want to find out about God's character, understand him not only from the written word uh, of the the uh, Pentateuch and the writings of Moses, but also hear f- from him from the words of the prophets. And also, and we talked in an earlier segment about those who are the artisans as well. When you put all those things together, the law, the prophets, and the Psalms, then you start to get a picture of the character of God, and you're really going to find the character of God resident within the Old Testament and then the New. I'm going to hand it over to you, Nietzsche Williamson, to carry from here, because, you know, we've been ta- we talked about Genesis and things beginning. Ultimately, you get from Genesis, in order to conclude things, you've got to get to the book of Revelation, and there's a lot of things in between, but I know that that's a topic you want to deal with right now, Nietzsche. Well, Revelation is that book I'm still trying to chew my way way through that because it's unless but you're right unless you know um the old testament the the book of revelation is not going to make any hardly any sense to you well but see there's so many symbols and things and there are people that don't understand the old testament they can you know it's kind of a field day for them they go well this must mean this and this must mean and there are so many doctrines that are askew the field yes it's remarkable and, you know, we talked about numbers. Yes. Well, guess what? There's a book of numbers in the Bible. <laughs> yes. Isn't that amazing? Yes. And then we talked about some prophets like Isaiah. Well, there's a book of prophets in yes. the Bible, right? Yes. So that brings us to the prophet of John the Baptist. And one of my um, uh, the scriptures that I was studying and, um, and God keeps highlighting over and over again is in John, found in, in the book of John uh, 129. It starts there. And it says, it's talking about John the Baptist and Jesus um, meeting up yes. at the Jordan. Mm-hmm. And so it says, the next day, John saw Jesus coming towards him and said, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is the one I meant when, when I said, a man who comes after me has surpassed me because he comes, excuse me, because he was before me. I myself did not know him. But the reason I came baptizing with water was that he might be revealed to Israel. Then John gave this testimony. I saw the spirit come down from heaven as a dove and remain on him. And I myself did not know him, but the one who sent me to baptize with water told me. The man on whom you see the spirit come down and remain is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. I have seen and I testify that this is God's chosen one. So the 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 Hebrew people were waiting for the for Messiah, Messiah, right? And John, now you you have to think of John was this dude that liked to hang out in the wilderness. Mm-hmm. And, oh, uh, a locust. And, yeah, he liked to eat like locusts, and <laughs> and he wore like you know like raw looking um, uh, skins, coats of skins, yeah. right? And so he. He um, is at the Jordan River, and he sees Jesus. And he, how did John see a lamb when he looked at Jesus Christ? How did he look? How did he get that revelation of behold the Lamb of God? And not only that, if we could just stop there, behold the Lamb of God. But then he says, behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. Yes. Like, that is a huge revelation. It is. That he saw that. But then we look at the book of Revelation, and there's a John there that says, he says this, um, I saw a lamb 
looking as if it had in Revelation 5, 6. Then I saw a lamb looking as if, if it had been slain, standing at the center of the throne encircled by four living creatures and the elders. Like they both had a revelation yes. of Jesus as the slain lamb. Yes. That take, oh my gosh. And I'm like, okay, that that just blows my mind. Yes. Like, were they in the courts of heaven and they both had that revelation and they brought it down in different timelines. Yes, right? yes, yes. How does this happen? Well, you know, one of the things that occurs to me, these are both Jews, okay? Yes, So their <clears throat> their mindset is understanding the feasts and festivals and the, the Passover, yes. and, and, or they would say Pesach, yes. and, you know, the feast of, uh, of Passover and of uh, unleavened bread and... Uh, First fruits. Yes. They understood those things so they could apply Jesus as the Lamb of God because of what the Passover Lamb looked like and did. And they could analogize basically Jesus is the actual fulfillment of the things that we've been studying for our entire Hebrew life. Yes. In a, in a manner of speaking as well. Yes. So they were, it was not catching them by surprise. They'd been steeped in Hebrew truths. And how much more for we Gentiles, if we begin studying the Hebrew truths, we'll go, oh, this is that which is spoken of in, 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 in the Old Testament. You know, one of the things that I really appreciate is in the book of 1 Corinthians 10, it's talking about talking about Moses, because you, you spent a lot of time talking about Moses. But this is talking about Moses, and it says, all these, and, and Paul writes, now these things happened unto him, Moses, for examples unto us, upon whom uh, uh, the end of the age has come. In other words, it says, these things happened unto them for examples, for written for our admonition. This is the apostle Paul telling us, you know, the things that happened back when Moses' day, but even the things that happened back, happened back in Noah's day and at the very, very beginning. And when you start celebrating Passover and things like that, they were written for our admonition, for our revelation. Yes. So the same kind of revelation that, that uh, John the Baptist had and that John had is the same kind of revelation we need to have now about the magnitude of who Yeshua Hamashiach, the son of this, you know, the the Messiah, Jesus, uh, is. And when we get that, it's going to revolutionize the way we look at not only these last days, but also the role that we play, as you talked about Esther. And who knows, but you and I, listening friend, you and I, Anissa, were born for such a time as this. We were born for this. What yes. are we going to do about it? Well, yeah, it, it's, there's times that as I, as I ponder on the word that it, it, it's like I study and I learn and then I realize I know very little. Exactly. You know, like the more I learn, the more I realize I don't know anything. As the scripture says, any man who thinks he knows a thing does not know what is he ought to know it. And that to me, you know, you, you study and you go, well, okay, I, I'm kind of getting a gist of this. And God goes, you, you're just scratching the surface. Right. And so going back to the story of uh, John the Baptist yes. and Jesus, you know. It's the first time with great clarity in the New Testament that that Jesus is present. Yes, sir. And the Father speaks to him amongst all these men, and the Holy, Holy Spirit, Spirit comes. So the, the Trinity the, of God like, is clearly seen. We don't, the Bible doesn't use the term Trinity of God, but no. the expression of who God is is all, is all found in that one passage, That's in beautiful. that one yeah. time in history, you know? Yeah. And so I think. And I'm going to say this, um, there are 
There's so many churches that don't like to see the move of the Holy Spirit because they're afraid of it, of, because it's messy sometimes, yeah. you know? And so not messy, well, you know, well, no, deliverance, it, it, like no, if people... No, it, it, no, exactly, but it is messy. It is it messy. It can be messy, right? And so, but honestly, I've always said this, and I won't apologize for it, that a church that doesn't have the Holy Spirit is an impotent church. It does not have the power. Because God intended for us to be spirit-filled, just like he had filled Jesus, and then the Spirit led him to the desert That's to right. face Satan, right? Oh my, yes. The Spirit led him to... So without the Spirit, you're a dead duck. You won't know how to be able to fight against these demonic strongholds mm, mm. and these uh, second heaven entities. My. You won't. You won't You won't be successful in defeating or you know, even trying to have the spirit go into the third realm where our father is right to get revelation. And how are we supposed to be doing this warfare in this season? Because, you know, there's even the Kings of Israel, they would rest. They had a, they had a season of rest in the winter. And then in the spring they would go to war. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's people, I know friends that are always like their intercessors and they're like, war, 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 war. But God calls us to a place Mm -hmm. of rest and then listen, Shema, listen to the word of the Lord, yeah. just like David did, right, in First Samuel 30, where he had lost everything, and then he inquires of the Lord before he goes to battle and recovers everything. It's yes. the zigzag moment, I Ooh, call it, yes. right? So we need to be Shemaing. We need to be pressing into the word of the Lord, right? And so that's what Jesus did. He heard the Spirit lead him to the desert, and then he faced Satan. Right. And every time he would respond to Satan by it is written, mm. there's a word that's written. But Satan didn't realize that he was standing before the word. Oh, good. How do you defeat the word that proceeded out of the mouth of God? There you go. Come on. There's just no it just isn't. It can't be. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm. I love that because I try to see Jesus as the living word and and when we carry the living word, how powerful is that, right? To have the living word because God, the Father, always listens to it. And then when we're praying the word, we're praying from the Bible. We're not praying, you know, so many you there's There's a spiritual uh, journey that people take. Um, and part of it is we're, we're in a position of, of begging God for things, Um and then you grow into knowing who your identity is in, in the Lord, and you realize that you're a daughter or son of the Most High God, and you, and you have the fullness of the inheritance, Yes, and you don't have to beg. You That's don't right. have to beg your father for anything. I love it. You know, hold yeah. that thought. We're going to continue this stirring conversation when we come right back. More Come Together San Diego with Cass Taylor is next on K-Praise. Now, more of Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on K-Praise. Here's Cass Taylor. Well, welcome back to this show. We're talking about Hebrew things. We're talking about prophetic things. We're blending them together. And I and Nietzsche Williamson, who is here with me, who loves Hebrew, and she also loves the prophetic, and she's been able to blend these together in a compelling way. And you've uh, heard for the f- first uh, hour and a half, 
her setting the stage for this. Nisa, I've, I'm looking at a theme that you're building there, and you're taking the themes based on the Old Testament, mm-hmm. and then now you're, we're in the New Testament and extrapolating the, the themes that you presented in the Old Testament. And if a person understands the themes and the processes of the Old Testament, the Hebrew perspective, then you won't be that surprised about how Jesus fulfills it in the New Testament. There's a there's a phraseology that I used in the past dealing with the Old Testament, the New Testament, and now it goes like this: that the new, as in the New Testament, the new is in the old contained, mm-hmm. the old is in the new explained, but the new is in the now attained. So if you if you embrace the Old Testament. Then you're going to be, you won't be surprised by the things that the New Testament is espousing because they're seated in the Old Testament. And when you get the Old Testament and the New Testament together, you have revelation uh, inspired by the Holy Spirit that no one, no bad guy can compete with because Holy Spirit uh, can't be competed with because he hears this what God is saying and he proclaims it. And we get to hear that voice. I want to let you talk about it because I know you want to talk about Holy Spirit and Holy Spirit power. Nietzsche Williams. That is my favorite topic. <laughs> it is. Um, when I first started reading the Bible, obviously I was introduced to the new to the New Testament, and I didn't think that whole that the Holy that the Spirit of God, which is Holy Spirit yes. here, right? Same thing. Um, it didn't happen in the past. I don't know why I had that misconception, but then as I started reading about Moses and and the spirit of God fell on people yes. and you talk about um on Saul it's fell on Saul yeah and oh, it, the, it not it the holy spirit, the holy spirit. I, it's not an it at all right and so and then you you see in the new testament when Jesus was in vitro right oh, yes. and, and and John John the Baptist, John the Baptist and Jesus their very first encounter was spirit to spirit <laughs> before they were even born My, that's I great. mean is he I mean John just right leapt when when uh, Mary shows up with Jesus in her belly and Elizabeth had yes. John the Baptist and the Spirit of God was already, like, in John the Baptist, like, there he is. There's my Messiah. Oh, my, you know, my, like, my. it was like he recognized yes. him, right? Spirit's a spirit. It was such a beautiful, cool thing. And extrapolate that for us today. I mean, a lot of times people, we really disregard the workings of the Holy Spirit. We don't even realize how powerful Holy Spirit desires to be in our life. Actually, he's the one who's going to intercede for us. And if you're looking for victory... True victory in God cannot be found unless there's an embrace of Holy Spirit. Would you agree to that? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And, you know, there's experiences that we've had, I'm sure, as a believer, if you, if you, I just want to encourage, first of all, if you have not received the Holy Spirit, if you feel like that's lacking in my in my walk with the Lord. I really want to encourage you right now. I just want to pray. Yes, do that. So, Father, we just we just come before you, Abba, and we just thank you for this moment. And Lord, we just ask you to for those that are asking right now, fill me with your Holy Spirit, Lord, that you would fill them right now from the top of their heads to the to the soles of their feet, Father, that they would begin to even have sensations in their body, feelings of tingling or warmth or however you want to reveal themselves or however you want to or, reveal or yourself even thoughts. to them. I mean, thoughts, thoughts that you hadn't even, pictures. you know that you're not, they're not yours. I mean, John the Baptist <laughs> had a picture of a lamb. So yes. Lord, I just pray that you would reveal yourself to them tonight and fill them with the Holy Spirit, that they would walk a victorious life 
In the name of Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Messiah. Amen. Yes, yes, yes. Well, there you go, my friends. So, uh, I mean, we read through the New Testament and we understand, you know, like the book of Acts chapter 2 and and the Spirit Mm -hmm. came upon them and they spoke with unknown tongues and things like that. That was the birth of the church. Right. That was 2,000 plus years ago. Right. So here's the question. If in Acts chapter 2 was the birth of the church and we're 2,000 years later, isn't it time for us to have matured beyond just the birth of the church? And the, and the new birth church was pretty powerful. I yes, mean, they, they did, you know, they did all the stuff. Can and we that just, was the baby church. Can we just talk about tongues? Let's just take, <laughs> look, I speak, I've studied four languages, Yes, right? English, Spanish, German, and Hebrew. And I can speak a little bit of the German and Hebrew, right? But if you heard me speak German, would you be freaked out? Would you go, oh, she's speaking a foreign language, right? Yeah. Right? Or if I spoke in Hebrew, you go, oh, I kind of recognize that. Yeah. Or if I spoke in uh, Spanish. I see where you're going now. So, okay, the light's so, going on. So the Holy Spirit is no different. Like people that can speak in tongues as a, as a manifestation of of the Lord, of the Holy Spirit in them is no different than you speaking in German, English, Irish, whatever, whatever, you know? So people don't have to be so, you know, so fearful about it because there's people that are freaked out. (laughs) And I just think it's funny. But um, I've heard of accounts where um, people have been at a service and somebody speaks in tongues and it's actually that person's language. Yeah, Come it's on. somebody else's language, and the person that's speaking in tongues does not know yes. the foreigner's language, but the foreigner gets a message from the Lord because that person was willing to speak in tongues. Yeah. So there's like this mystery that we can just take away. It's not something so, you know, out there than, than some people are afraid of. So yeah. I want to encourage you, like, just open your mouth and ask the Lord to fill it. <laughs> Yes, yes, <laughs> Just yes. like he did, right? Yeah. The prophets. Well, you it? know, in, in Scripture, there's there's two different facets yeah. of speaking in tongues. One's a prayer language, which is personal between you and the Lord, and you can and then you can uh, embrace God's heavenly words you, between you and Him. But then there's also the declara- decla- declarative power of the Holy Spirit uh, speaking in tongues, and that has to have some kind of an interpretation tied to it. It can come from you, the speaker. Or it can come from somebody else who says, I, I, I think I understand where this person is going with that. And they interpret that. It's it's not meant to be scary. It's meant to bring you closer to the intimacy of God. We've got about three minutes left in this segment. Yeah. I just, yeah, I think as I've grown in the Lord, it's taken that fearfulness yeah. out of it. Because if it's from God, like obviously I'm walking a pure life with the Lord and so if it's from the Lord, I just receive everything that he wants to impart to yes. me, you know. And I don't want to put God in a box and limit what he wants to do. And in the word, even the old and the new, it says, in the end days, I will pour out my spirit. Mm. Well, how is that going to manifest? And it also says that we all are going to prophesy. We're all going <laughs> to have dreams and visions and all this stuff that's going to happen from the Lord. It's from the Lord. So are we willing to receive from him however he chooses to manifest that's in good. our lives? That's you know, good. And that's something that I encourage people to pray, pray into that. You know, how, God, do you want to reveal yourself to me yes. today? Yes. And there's times it can happen like um, in a bird, right? Uh, he'll just encourage me because I love um, one of those birds we have in our house, honey. 
She's not talking to The me. hummingbirds. She's talking the to her husband. Yeah, to my husband. <laughs> hummingbirds. We have hummingbirds and we have a hummingbird feeder and they are just so beautiful. And every time I see them, I think of God. I just think of his creation and his beauty. So he can speak through anything, yes. you know, if we're, he'll drop feathers in places oh, I that I don't yes, expect yes, yes. to find, like in um, the underground parking structure oh yeah 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 of a building same things happen to me yeah and you find feathers like white feathers and you're like there's an angel here yes you know the angelic show up (laughs) absolutely we've got one minute left in this segment yeah and we're going to spend the last segment tying all the strings together we've given you a lot of strings a lot of things to follow here and uh, we've given you old testament truths new testament truths in the last segment we're going to tie these truths together so you can get a uh, even greater understanding about the character of God, but it's also, my listening friend, going to be a springboard for you to take what you know or what you don't know about God, but, but uh, cause God to, like a mustard seed, cause it to grow mightily. Mm-hmm. We're going to do that and pull all these things together when Nietzsche Williamson and Kaz come right back. This is Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K-Praise. More Come Together San Diego is just moments away. Come Together San Diego with Kaz Taylor on K-Praise. Can you believe it, my listening friend? 5 to 7 p.m., Come Together San Diego. It always goes quickly, but Nisa, this is the first time you've really co-hosted or even been on the radio in this kind of environment. It goes quickly. It goes very fast. <laughs> it does. It does. And, but you've done a pretty good job of check, checking off the things that you wanted to say. Now we find ourselves in the last segment. We're talking about Hebrew points of view. We're talking about God's plans, Old Testament, New Testament. We're talking about the marriage of the lamb to his bride. We're talking about so many different things. And it seems like <clears throat> people have walked in front of a fire hydrant, you know, at, at this juncture. So I want you to use your time here in this last segment to tie all these things things together and uh, give people inspiration about digging deeper into God's word, but even spending more time in the Old Testament as a seed for everything that you have learned and are learning in the New Testament. If you do that, it's going to change your point of view. Nita. Well, I, I'm so happy to be here, Kaz, and I wanted to just encourage people to read the Old Testament, yes. to read especially you know, in the beginning, Genesis, start yeah. from the beginning. And there's things that may sound a little bit arbitrary, like when you read about the articles of the tabernacle or you read oh, yeah. about how he counts his people, you yes. know, like it, it's going to be like, oh, you're going to see names. You're going to see Hebrew names in the Bible. And I encourage you to look, look up for the, the definition of the names, because each name will speak. It It will totally um, give you more revelation of what God's trying to say in yes. his actual word. Yes. Right? Exactly. So um, you brought up the seed again. Yes. And so, so many times Jesus talked about the harvest and the seed, and we're in a time and season, right? We just passed the barley harvest, basically, right? We're, the barley harvest, right? the wheat harvest. Yeah, and, now and we're going towards the wheat harvest. Uh, right? Well, yeah, but, but we're yeah, we're actually we're going into the month of Adar, right? Which uh, the uh, Adar is the la- the twelfth month of the Hebrew calendar, and then it comes up to springtime again, which is happening uh, in Nissan. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's you know, a little bit of time away. But that's the barley harvest again. The cycle continues. The, the cycle barley, continues. the wheat, and then three months preparation for the 
the Feast of Tabernacles, which is the fruits. Right. And so each month, each month carries with it tremendous weight and value. And when you understand, when you look in Scripture and they talk about uh, the fields are ripe and ready for harvest, uh, th- th- those are harvest time frames. There's only like three main harvests in the scripture. So you know that one of those harvests is being referenced. And so when you start to realize these feasts and festivals and time frames, you go, oh, this is that time frame. Yes. <clears throat> this is the month of Adar, the 12th month in the Hebrew calendar. The, the, there's, uh, this is the month of uh, the tribe of Naphtali. Yes. Naphtali mm-hmm. is, is, is one of the, uh, every month is, has a, a biblical character of, of the 12 tribes. And uh, each one carries weight for the difficulties or the challenges or the blessings that are held there. This is the month of Adar. This is the time where, you know, you talked about Haman and the bad guys and all things like that. This is the time where the bad guys think they've got you. Yes. You know, and Mm -hmm. the leaves have fallen from the trees and it doesn't look like there's much going on. But God's working in the root structure right now. And the naphtali, the doe or the hindset free, is able to go on rocky places where, you know, you've been to Israel, you may have seen them on the rocks. Yes. And, and you and you see, how could they survive that? Well, that's their domain. And we're in a time right now in this month of Adar and setting the stage where the world thinks they're on the rocks. I mean, they're looking and they see no solution. But God has created us to be handle this rocky terrain because he knows that we are learning how to deal with this to prepare for the next seasons. So uh, I'll tell you what, my friends, we're in remarkable times. Needs, uh, you know, you, you talk about understanding the, the, uh, the, the, Book of Genesis and the prophets and things like that. Also, look into Leviticus 23. Look into where the feasts and festivals are. You're going to realize as you look into the New Testament and you realize, oh, these things actually happened during this feast or this time frame. Oh, it makes more sense and more sense and more sense. So my listening friend, I I appreciate Nisa bringing the Hebrew perspective because Jesus was, is, and shall forever be a Jew. And if he is the head of of his body, the church, we need to have the mindset of the head. The mindset of the head is from a Jewish perspective. And so he, they didn't, you, you and I talked about this in the break. They didn't, or maybe Neil and I did, they didn't have the New Testament in the book of Acts. Right. They were writing it. They were living it. <laughs> they were living it, which is amazing. And I also liked how um, if you're talking about the cycles of the feasts, well, Jews were celebrating Passover for thousands of years before Jesus came on the scene, you know, on the earth. And then when I spoke about John the Baptist declaring him the Lamb of God that took away the sins of the world, well, Jesus died on Passover. He died as a sacrificial lamb, in in that's the picture that that pictorial Hebraic picture. Yes, and it was, was easy for painted, John uh, the right? Baptist and uh, the, the uh, Peter and all those guys to get that message because they had been brought up in this. Right. They they ha- they had done the rehearsal <laughs> for thousands. The of dress years. rehearsal. The I dress like rehearsal it. for thousands of years, and in addition to that, Jesus was a rabbi. He was a teacher. He was the priest of yes. the Lord, right? Yes. And and Cass does a great teaching on Melchizedek. I'm saying, I'm, yes. and he does a great teaching on that. But that Jesus represented a very specific priesthood. And when John the Baptist, there's this occasion where they met at the Jordan River, and it was like in the spirit realm. 
the old prophets, right? They're passing the baton yes. to Jesus at that very moment. The old priesthood was facing the new priesthood. Oh my! I mean, it's the it's this beautiful picture of of the Lamb of everything yes. that was done for thousands of years. All of those rituals and traditions came to fruition in Jesus Christ. And one of the um, passages that's very contentious in some churches, in my opinion, is they will teach about the law. And um, Jesus says, I have not come to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. So if you're not a believer, you're still held under the law, by the way. That law doesn't go away just because you want it to. You have to be in Christ to have the law fulfilled in you because right. he's in you. That's right. right. Oh, that's so good. And it doesn't, you're still held, if you're not in Jesus, you're held to the penalty of death. Right. And and you're held to the penalty of death even as a believer. Only that Jesus has come to your rescue and you can say, I don't have to worry about that because Jesus has taken that from me. Amen. And if you don't have Jesus, what can you rely on? Right. So you have to have the salvation to through Christ. That's yes. why the only way, Jesus says, the only way to the Father is Ooh, through me. That's right. Like he's the door to yeah. the heavenly. He's He will, and when you accept Christ, he takes you all the back, all the way back to the garden. Ooh, that's you know, where God wants him. us. And that's where he wants Absolutely. us. He wants us back to be a family again yes. with the Papa in heaven. Oh my. And the biggest challenger, the biggest challenge for me is when I... I didn't ha- I didn't grow up with a father most of my life and so learning the uh, learning to have a relationship with the father was more challenging and I know there's a lot of people out there in the same situation where maybe they were abused by yes. parents or and they have this um distaste for when somebody says the word father but our father in heaven loves you and he he does not he didn't come to like punish you and he sent Jesus on your behalf so that you could have love again in your life, mm-hmm. a pure love, not a, a love, not a punishing father, but a loving father. And he sent his, his son, Jesus, like it says in John three sixteen, that Jesus came to basically save the world right yes. through him. And so that he, you can come into a relationship to the father and you can receive the Holy Spirit to empower you. Yes, yes, yes. My listening friend, I hope this is ringing uh, true to you, ringing a chord. And one of the things that you need to be aware of is God structured this time for you to hear right now to stir you to make forward steps. There's never been a time like now in the entire world, never. And uh, it looks like the enemy is winning a lot of battles. But the truth of the matter is Jesus is the ultimate victor. And if you are in Jesus you win. My listening friend, I want to thank uh, uh, Nietzsche Williamson for joining me for this two hours talking about Hebrew things and prophetic things. You set, you, you set the fire. Let's just say that. My listening friend, you can go back into the archives and look at this, uh, listen to this broadcast as well. You're going to probably want to listen to it several times. So Nietzsche, uh, we've got about one minute. Any closing thoughts or would you like to close this in prayer? How would you like to do Yeah, this? I'll pray. So Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for revealing yourself to those who are listening, Lord, and blessing them. I pray that they would come to know you as the loving Father, Yes. that they would accept Jesus as the atonement, as the one who came on their behalf and who died and was raised again from the death. 
from death. He defeated death for um, whoever's listening. So, Lord, we just bless you, and I pray that you would receive Christ today and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Very good. Nita Williamson, thank you very much. My listening friend, thanks for joining us for this two hours that come together, San Diego. It's stirring, but remember, Jesus was, is, and forever shall be a Jew. Understand his point of view, and you will go far. God bless you. See you next week. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Bye-bye. God bless. Thanks for joining Kaz Taylor and his many friends, including you, for Come Together San Diego. Join us again next week as we explore what unity in the body of Christ sounds like within this county and beyond on Come Together San Diego. Tell a friend, tell a neighbor, tell a co-worker, and then let's all come together San Diego next Saturday from 5 to 7 p.m. on Praise. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.